It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus in Manhattan, Kansas, and we are broadcasting at K-State. It's Kansas State University in front of this live studio audience. Okay, thank you for the warm welcome. Our guest is Brian Rowletter, Brian uh, B-Row, as they know him on the basketball team. You play basketball here for K-State. Tell us about the, yeah, there they are. Woo! Uh, the Hoops team, men's basketball, K-State. Tell us about it real quick. Uh, well, we're pretty good, I think. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no, uh, we got a lot of returning guys and a uh, great group of guys. We work hard, and we're really excited about the season. Okay, and you are uh, a team leader and on the uh, SAC, the Student Advisory Athletic Committee. Uh, so you uh, have been chosen as a spokesperson to talk about community service and charity and philanthropy. Uh, you get involved here in the Manhattan community. What's your role with the basketball team and the student athletes here at K-State? You know, K-State, we do a good job, especially through SAC, of giving back to the community and everything they do for us. So uh, we put on a lot of events throughout the year where the student-athletes uh, have a lot of interaction with the community. Uh, things like Special Olympics, uh, Cats for Cans, where we go out and collect cans uh, for an organization here in Manhattan, the uh, Flint Hills Bread Basket, to give to those in need. Uh, Tip-off for TP, um, collecting uh, paper goods like toilet paper and things like that to give back to those in need. Uh, adopt a family at Christmas time, helping out those families who may not be able to afford gifts for their children to have them have a good Christmas. So things like that. That's a lot. I mean, do you have time to play basketball? Uh, yes, somehow I do. I mean, if you would just cut out the community service, you guys would win the national championship every year. If only that was the case, yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to the Special Olympics real quick. We do a lot of work with the Special Olympics. Um, talk about the smile you see on a, on a young special athlete's face when you work with them. Uh, it's the best. When, when you see them having fun and you can tell they're having fun, you're having fun too. And uh, just seeing them going through the different stations and things like that, I mean, it makes your day knowing that you, you felt make somebody else's day. We appreciate your work in the community. It's inspiring to all of us uh, listening and myself to know young adults. Get involved. Get off the couch. Get in your community. Make a difference on planet Earth. Let's have a round of applause for B-Row here one more time and all the student athletes at K-State. It's Kansas State University. Thank you so much. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We continue at Clarkson University. I'm with one of the athletic directors. This is Scott Smalling. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Adam. How are you? Good. I'm uh, really proud and happy to be on the campus of Clarkson University. Real quick, uh, what part of the world are we? Potsdam, New York? Yep, way up north. Way up north near the Canadian border. How far to Canada? Can I throw a rock there from here? Uh, if you can throw 40 miles, yes. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe not. Uh, well, we're here to cover uh, in this world of, of uh, income, income equality and, um, and women's issues, we thought we'd highlight a, a success story within the female gender, and that is your female hockey team. They are the current reigning national champions in the NCAA Division I. Uh, tell us about your female girls hockey program. Did I, I'm, I don't know much about hockey. Did I even say that right? Is it the female girls team? Is it, a, is it the women's team? I mean, how would you say it? We classify them as a women's team. Women's uh, team. We started 10 years ago. 
Um, and we've elevated the program here in the last 10 years and grown. And this year, we culmination of a lot of hard work and effort uh, from our coaching staff and the university and uh, went on to beat the University of Minnesota uh, five to four in a national championship game down at Quinnipiac. You actually said Minnesota the way Minnesota people say it, Minnesota, <laughs> um, because that's the hockey in you. You've been, a, you've been a hockey guy your whole life, and you've worked in hockey facilities and uh, not only an athletic director here at Clarkson, but you work closely with both men's and women's hockey, and it's still just great, and congratulations to the women's team here for being national champions. Yeah, really appreciate it. It, uh, it was kind of surreal, to be honest with you. Um, put our little school on the map for women's athletics. Um, our volleyball team has done well, like I have told you. You know, we finished eighth in the country here um, the last two years out of 400 and some odd teams. Um, our men's program was the, the first uh, school in the country to get to 1,000 victories on the men's side. But our first national championship came on the women's side, and that was women's hockey. No kidding. Now, I didn't realize that. I knew your men's team uh, has a lot of NHL players, a lot of uh, elite athletes from across the planet come to play college hockey here as, a, as the guys. Uh, but they hadn't won a national championship yet? No, we've never won one. We've been in the, the finals a couple times and gotten beat. Um, you know, and it's just so hard to, to win at anything. You know, you got to be oh, obviously yeah. very good and also have to have some luck. And we've been on the wrong side of a couple goals here where it could have gone the other way but didn't. And then this year on the women's side, uh, you know, beating Minnesota is a heck of an effort. I think yeah. they'd only lost uh, one game out of their last 80 uh, when we beat them. And our program has grown, and I think we ended up 31-5 and five last year, which is very respectable. But if you went into that arena on that given day, most people would say that Minnesota was going to beat us. So how about bragging rights within the halls here at Clarkson between the men and the women since the girls are the national champions? Well, there, there's some, there's some com competitive nature between the two genders. There's some certainly there's some uh, competitive conversations that go on <laughs> about that, you know, but that's what makes college life fun. Um, it's also elevated. Our, our guys were extremely proud that our women won it. Uh, it's a close group. You know, they spend a lot of time on this campus when the average student athlete has gone home. So it, uh, it was great. It was great for both programs. Scott Smalling is our guest, an athletic director at Clarkson University, men and women's hockey, the women's team just winning the national championship most recently in NCAA Division I hockey. Uh, let's talk about your guys real quick. Give me a success story of uh, one of your players since you've been here um, for our hockey fan listeners out there that they would know. Oh, there'd be probably several. My most recent, uh, Willie Mitchell's won the Stanley Cup here the last couple of years. Very cool. Uh, with with uh, who? He was with the Los, Los Angeles okay. Kings. Uh, Eric Cole has won the Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes. Uh, Dave Taylor has a storied uh, career here with the L.A. Kings. We've got a number of uh, athletes. Craig Conroy, homegrown here in Potsdam, played over 1,000 games in the NHL. We've got a number of guys still playing now, and we've got a number of guys in high-ranking positions throughout the NHL. I've had the uh, fortunate pleasure of working with your Chris Clark, who was uh, um, a hockey player here at Clarkson University. He's now in the uh, front office, a coach. He's a player development coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Great guy. Uh, he's actually the person that um, turned me on to Clarkson University. That's why we're here. So I want to give a shout out to Chris Clark in Columbus, Ohio. And I want to uh, thank you, Scott, for coming on the show to talk about uh, not only the success that your men have had with their hockey team, but those ladies, those girls, those women, the, the national champion, uh, are they called the Lady Golden Knights? No, we call them the, the Women Golden Knights. The Women Golden Knights. When you're a national champion, you're a woman. It's not a lady. They're the Women Golden Knights of Clarkson University. Scott, thank you for coming on. All right, appreciate it. 
Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Time to welcome back Lowell Whiteman, friend of the show, director of 360 Mindset, sports psychology. He's a thinker. He is Lowell Whiteman. Take it away. Good day, Adam. Thanks for having me back. You know, I love to people watch. I especially like to pick out those people walking through the mall while they're texting. Not only is that hazardous to other shoppers, but why do that? So are you offended like I am by the casual and personal behavior created by social media? Does it irritate you that people are so casual with how they use words and phrases to attack others while they act invisible behind their Twitter screen name? What happened to having an eyeball-to-eyeball conversation in the mall? If you're a college or professional athlete, you can't afford to be cavalier or flip about the words you say while using social media airways. How productive do you think a college or professional athlete would be if they struggled confronting the opposition? Perhaps a football player could tweet his block into the game. Or maybe the point guard could Facebook a picture of his drive to the hole, followed by a post that asks the referee, why did they not call a foul? I know I'm not focused on the real application for social media but I believe I'm very close to the emotions and situations that drive people to use social media and the potential pitfalls. Social media is a fast way to distribute a message to a great many people in a short period of time. So a good example of its application would be in the case of an emergency, such as a tornado touching down nearby me. I then am able to tweet a message to family and friends in a nearby town, warning them of the approaching hazard. At the time, I'm afraid, anxious, and desperate to respond quickly in order to warn my family and friends. My words in the tweet are mindful of the danger and purposeful in my intent to help and protect my family and friends. The urgency of a situation oftentimes clarifies the words we use to communicate. You are precise and quick in your response because without this behavior, people are put at risk. In the military, for example, precise language is required or people may be hurt or killed. In college or professional sports, imprecise instruction and inappropriate play calling may lose yardage, sacrifice points, and ultimately lose a game. So why is it that outside of an urgent or competitive situation, we are so cavalier with our words in conversation? When someone uses words, the potential for good and bad outcomes are always possible. It is also true that by not using words, good and bad outcomes may occur. So which is it? Use words or don't use words. Now I'm confused. My experience tells me that the right words delivered as quickly as possible in a competitive setting would support positive outcomes. Now that being said, I could use too many right words and not have a positive outcome. So I should use the right words but not too many and deliver them as quickly as a situation may deem necessary. I'm exhausted now just thinking about what to say and when to say it. Maybe I should sit down and be be quiet for a while and just think about it. Well, perhaps that's the point. Thinking before we speak and between the next speech does not happen often enough while being aware of the circumstances around you. During day-to-day activity, we are provided more time to collect our thoughts before we speak. When life becomes challenging or the nature of our actions are violent or competitive, as in the case with the military or the police officers, and competitive athletes, the time we have to process our thoughts is much shorter. That being said, the common thread between each example is thinking before we speak. So that the right words at the right time are delivered purposefully. 
So before you send the text or the Twitter message, reread your message. As you enter a room or the field of play, be present and see everything before you can, before you open your mouth to speak or not speak. The consequences for not thinking before you speak or taking action have the potential for positive and negative outcomes. For example, in Ferguson, Missouri, the lack of the right words spoken at the right time with purposeful intent may have been a contributing factor to the violence that took the life of Michael Brown. Since the death of Michael Brown, more words have been spoken in advance to more violence in a neighborhood that produced Hall of Fame athletes like Ina Slaughter and Grammy Award-winning musicians like Michael McDonald. So what combination of the right words at the right time with a purposeful intent will stay the violence and renew a neighborhood that is struggling? It does not matter whether you are tweeting texting, or talking face-to-face. If you do not think before you speak, you may regret the actions you must take to manage the consequences. This is Lowell Whiteman, 360 Mindset, for Adam Rich Show. Wonderful job, as always. Lowell Whiteman from 360 Mindset. Check him out online. It's 360mindset.com. Hey, this is Jeff Saturday. Just want to say how important what Adam Ritz is doing. This is truly a difference maker. You're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. We continue from Sun Life Stadium in Miami, Florida. Our guest is Paula Bossler. Hi, Paula. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm excited to meet you with uh, your purple shirt on, the major color of the FedEx logo, and you are uh, uh, kind of a bigwig with FedEx. What's your title? <laughs> I'm um, You're important. I'm in the corporate communications group. And yeah, that's I don't should I send you a resume? I don't know. I, I might want to work for you. I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> that's a brush off. <laughs> I've heard that before. Paula Bosler. Is it Bosler or Bosler? Bosler. Bosler. Okay, Paula. He's not using any of this. That's why I know I can talk to him this way, Adrian. Just she's looking at me like, why aren't you answering the questions? (laughs) This will be on the show. Okay, no, it won't. (laughs) (laughs) Paula Bosler is our guest with FedEx and uh, one of the major sponsors of the All Pro Dad Father and Kid Experience. I've been to the uh, events in Pittsburgh, in Indianapolis, and now here in Miami with the Dolphins. Uh, How did you guys get involved with this? Well, we started probably about four years ago in Indianapolis um, when we were contacted about participate. FedEx was contacted about participating, and uh, we have our second largest uh, hub in Indianapolis and a large employee base. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to uh, work with the Colts and work with All Pro Dad, um, get our employees involved, and and sort of see what the program was about. And really, from there, we've grown. We've we've done um, the program in in Baltimore previously. We've been in Pittsburgh the last few years and this is our first time in Miami and we're very excited to be here. Our employees love it to be able to get on the field and um, really work with the community and um, show that we um, really value um, the communities in which we work and live. The volunteers that you bring uh, with the FedEx purple shirts, it seems like it's I mean, this is such a cool thing. It almost seems like it's a reward for them. Do you have, I mean, more employees than you can bring? How do you pick which employees gets to be the FedEx volunteers for these events where you get to tour an NFL stadium, meet NFL personalities and head coaches? Who, who gets in? Well, really, FedEx, really all around the world. I mean, we have tremendous employees who volunteer thousands and thousands of hours a year to giving back to their communities, and and we do numerous programs. Um, so when we 
do something new, it, it, sometimes it's, it can be a little challenging um, because there's already so much going on. But when you have, um, you sort of dangle a carrot like doing an event at an NFL stadium, you do have a lot of folks who want to sign up. Um, so we, um, an event like this, they really need a lot of volunteer support. So we're fortunate that really whoever can sign up and has their schedules available to do this um, were able to come today. And really a neat part is that they're able to bring their kids to help us yeah. work, and, and that's what we really like about it. Well, the kids, you can just watch uh, the event. They, I think their favorite part is the FedEx footballs that you guys are handing out. I mean, they're everywhere. You get bombarded. Yeah, that's actually, we, we, we feel, feel like that that's probably the, the, the best giveaway that we have. And, and um, we really like seeing the, uh, the purple football sort of shooting through the air. So. Paula Bosler is our guest with FedEx. And I want to ask you about the, uh, is, is the special branding involved with FedEx Cares. This is, uh, I'm assuming, the division of FedEx corporate that actually does foundation work, charity work all, all across the world. Fed, am I right? FedEx Cares? Well, it's really our sort of our umbrella statement for all of our charitable um, giving programs and kind of just puts the, the stamp on, on what our, our movement is. And, and, and uh, it's, FedEx Cares could be one employee, you know, volunteering a Saturday morning at their local food pantry, or it could be hundreds of employees. Um, kicking off our United Way campaign. So it's really FedEx employees out in their communities anywhere in the world giving back. So it's more of a mindset than uh, it's a mantra. It's not necessarily a brand. Exactly, yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Paula Bosler from FedEx and FedEx Cares is with us here on the Adam Ritz Show. And uh, you were mentioning earlier uh, about other events you do with the NFL, besides the All-Pro Dad, uh, which isn't even – the NFL, to be honest with you, All Pro Dad is part of Family First. It's a completely separate entity. What else do you guys do with the NFL? Well, FedEx is actually the official um, express delivery company for the NFL, so we are delivering um, pretty much anything that's, that the NFL sends uh, sends out. Um, and um, as we get ready for the next Super Bowl um, in New Orleans, um, FedEx is very busy getting preparing for for those moves. And af having experienced the Super Bowl last year in Indianapolis, um, it's it's really amazing. It's quite a uh, an endeavor to. Um, really transport, deliver everything that goes into uh, hosting a Super Bowl. And so um, FedEx and the NFL have had a long, um, many-year partnership um, uh, in that. Um, we're also involved um, on the charitable side. We have a couple of programs that we, we do. Uh, one is with Junior Achievement um, and the Air and Ground Player of the Week. You may have, um, be familiar yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. So fans can go to NFL.com and... Um, vote for their favorite um, player on offense and defense um, each week, and the winner um, is awarded um, a grant for their local junior achievement in their community. So that goes on through the entire um, NFL season, and then at the end of the year, there's um, a, an official player of the year. So there'll be an air winner and a ground winner, um, and then a larger contribution is made to their local JA chapter. That's fantastic. Uh, and then finally, I know you're busy, you got to go. What is your, personally for you, Paula, what, what is your favorite moment from working behind the scenes? Your VIP access? I mean, have you had lunch with Peyton Manning? I mean, uh, what's your favorite moment? Um, you know, I, I, 
I would have to say, being a, a, a native Miamian and being able to walk on the field here um, uh, is quite exciting to me. Um, and I, living in Indianapolis, you know, you don't get that chance very often. But I think my favorite moment really is our employees really love the opportunity to be able to give back. So it's really meeting them and watching them, um, you know, in their communities um, because we have such a great team and interacting with these kids that are here. I mean, it, it just makes it makes you feel good about it. Paula Bossler from FedEx, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of the day here at the All Pro Dad event here in Miami. Thank you very much. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. And we thank you for hanging out with The Adam Ritz Show. And our next guest is Brandon McManus. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Good, Adam. Thank you for having me on the show today. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we love highlighting community service, and we hear that you um, were part of some sort of national recognition for your community service when you were a football player at Temple. Now, I guess we should also introduce you as a current Denver Bronco. You are a first-year place kicker for the Denver Broncos, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, I um, was blessed enough to uh, recognize uh, the All-State AFC Good Works team uh, members, 11 uh, football players from across the nation, from Division One all the way down to Division Three, um, for their uh, giving back to the community as well as their uh, excellence on the field and, and in the classroom. Okay, so you're honored. Um, it's the AFC, like right. like the American uh, football coaches. Football co- oh, the Football Coach. Coaches Association, the AFCA. Yeah, AFCA. Yeah, they're, and they're are they headquartered in New Orleans, or this was during a. A bowl game or something? Uh, it was during the Sugar Bowl. They uh, recognized uh, the other players on the field. Um, you know, we got an award. I uh, got to check out the city of New Orleans and, you know, experience a great game. And uh, we were able to do a, a kids' camp down there, a football camp to uh, help the unfortunate uh, in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience for me uh, to get back to a different community other than uh, we're in Philadelphia at Temple. Okay, so uh, twofold here. I want to talk about what you did to be honored for this recognition when you were at Temple in Philadelphia, but uh, first let's start with New Orleans. While you were being recognized, you said you worked at a kids' camp. Tell us about that. Um, it was great. You know, they, they definitely brought in a lot of kids from the Boys and Girls Club all over New Orleans, um, all different uh, type of kids, age groups, and we were able to teach these kids, you know, the fundamentals of football as well as life skills, you know, uh, that we've gone through at uh, college. Uh, you know, it definitely shows, you know, how fortunate that you are and, um, you know, that not every kid has the uh, ability and the capability of what we're doing here. And uh, you never really, uh, you know, definitely touches your heart, you know, and you're able here to help your kid, uh, these kids out here. And, uh, you know, definitely a moving moment. Were the other uh, honorees uh, college football players as well, or were they other student athletes from other sports? Uh, they were all college football athletes. Um, I, d- I think they focused more on that just for this award. Uh, I'm sure there's other recognitions okay. out there, but uh, down in New Orleans, it's just football players. And I hate to put you on the spot, to, but who were some of the other guys? Did you have you kept in touch with them? Uh, were there any notable names from college football there? Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Murray, the quarterback from University of Georgia. Uh, Mike Golick's son uh, was one. Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame, correct. And uh, you know, I met a couple of them, and you know, some of them are still in school. It's not just a senior award; you're able to uh, receive it multiple years if you know if you're able to do that. And uh, you know, fortunate I was enough to win it my senior year, and that was the third consecutive year that someone from Temple has uh, won it. So it was a great honor for myself and as well as uh, the, the university. Brandon McManus from Temple, current Denver Bronco, is our guest. Uh, so your community service work at Temple to be honored as a as a community service hero, 
uh, in New Orleans. What was that work in Temple? Uh, you know, definitely, you know, Philadelphia is definitely, where Temple is, is definitely a hard community. It's very uh, rough there, and Temple's trying to bring it back. And, uh, you know, Temple football really um, gets out in the community and tries to uh, not only impress the community and try to impress um, people around the Temple football's up and coming. So fortunate enough, I was able to work for the Ronald McDonald House. I did a lot of hospital visits and bringing beds, hospital beds. Uh, for the Bethesda project, I delivered a lot of food for Thanksgiving drives, and uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to run my own drives for them. And uh, the one uh, group that I was uh, most fortunate enough to work with was the Susan G. Komen uh, Race for the Cure. Uh, definitely was one of my favorite events, and you know, I still t stay in touch with them anytime I can help them. Um, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go this year because uh, you know, I was here for rookie minicamp. So, well, we're glad to have you uh, in the NFL. It's Brandon McManus uh, from Temple University, honored for his community service, current kicker in the NFL. And I gotta bring this up: we've done a lot of work with kickers that have foundations that are somehow connected to the cliche or the title of the slogan, just kicking it, you know, the just kicking it charity or the just kicking it foundation. So have you thought about the Brandon McManus just kicking it um, event or dinner or dance to raise money for <laughs> Charity X? Have you thought about naming it? Um, I have because uh, uh, fortunately I have a uh, children's leukemia company in New Jersey reach out to me uh, just outside of where I'm from um, to do a kicking clinic and a camp for uh, – uh, unfortunate kids. So, I mean, I don't know what I'll call it if this is the Brandon McManus kicking it party or something, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to any opportunity I can to uh, help the less fortunate. Give leukemia the boot. Well, you Maybe. could do that. I uh, like that. I like you that. You know, we'll get together and we'll brainstorm and come exactly. up with seven or eight. And we'll buy the dot coms to it and go from there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, the more we put our heads together, the better names we can come up with. All right. Well, Brandon uh, McManus, we thank you for your time. And uh, more importantly, we thank you for uh, highlighting community service because it's great for everybody to, to hear these stories because it reminds all of us that we can all get involved at some level with some group. Exactly. Um, I, I stress to anyone, you know, who, who can get out there and use any time that they can to uh, help the less fortunate. And, you know, not only will it help, um, you know, brighten their day, you know, brighten yours at the end of the day. And I think, you know, we could all sleep better after we help someone that's less fortunate. And now a truly inspirational story on The Adam Ritz Show. Here's a special report from the NFL uh, with the current, I guess, environment and the current news stories uh, encircling and embattling the NFL. Uh, it's nice to have a story like this come out of Cincinnati with the Bengals. They have uh, announced uh, a practice squad player named Devin Still. Uh, they kept him on the practice squad. They did cut him from the team. He did not make the roster. However, here's the feel-good story. They kept Devin Still on the team with the practice squad so that he could still maintain a salary and, most importantly, maintain health benefits because his four-year-old daughter has cancer and is going through uh, cancer treatments. So uh, thanks to the Cincinnati Bengals, Devin Still has health insurance for himself and his entire family. Uh, and that feel-good story from the NFL doesn't stop there. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals announced that they would sell his jersey so a practice squad player is going to have his jersey sold, and the proceeds from the jersey sales would go toward pediatric cancer research. So that feel-good story gets even better. Wait, it gets even better. Sean Payton, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he purchased 100 jerseys. He, out of his own pocket, he bought 100 jerseys 
of the Cincinnati Bengals defensive tackle Devin Still uh, this past week after that team uh, announced the proceeds of the jersey sales would go toward pediatric cancer. So this thing's just good all the way around. Devin Still is on Twitter. He's at Dev underscore Still 71. That's D-E-V underscore Still 71. At Dev underscore Still 71. If you want to follow him, follow the story, maybe reach out to him, at mention him, ask him how you can buy one of these jerseys to help pediatric cancer and spread awareness uh, for not only his daughter battling cancer, but all kids that are going through this. Uh, Just a feel-good story all the way around out of Cincinnati. Uh, We thank the Cincinnati Bengals for being community-minded. We thank Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints for being uh, philanthropy-minded, and we thank the NFL because we hear about the negativity we hear about the sensational stories. Sometimes these positive stories go under the wire and we don't get to hear about them. And uh, we just wanted to highlight one of these uh, great stories that the NFL's behind coming out of Cincinnati. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. And we want to thank you, most importantly, the listeners, for making this show possible. You can keep in touch with us on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, and the Facebook page is slash Adam Ritz Show. Thank you to my guests today, Brandon McManus from the Denver Broncos, Paula Bosler from FedEx Cares, a special report from Lowell Whiteman and 360 Mindset, the women's hockey team at Clarkson University, And we started this episode off with a live studio audience at K-State talking to the basketball team with Brian Rowletter and their community service. And we can't thank the uh, student-athletes at K-State enough for how they get involved with the community, not only in Manhattan, Kansas, but across the country. And if you'd like to check out all the uh, student-athletes, Olympic sports, football, everything is uh, on their Twitter account, at K-State Sports. I'm Adam Ritz. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.